You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. All right, we are 500 official. One win, one loss, one overtime loss. You can't get any more 500 than that. One's across the board. What is going on? The games you probably should win, you don't. And the games you probably shouldn't win, you do. It's really hard to get a gauge on. Well, I think we have a pretty good gauge. We're we're not impressed, to say the least. Three games in, there have been some signs. Look, the last time we recorded was the Edmonton game. We came right out and said, "Look, don't mind that loss. If it's not the others, I'll take it all the all all week long." And then you have the Ducks game. We'll get into specifics, but for the most part, you, I mean, I guess there were stretches where you absolutely dominated. Remember we saw this when we played Winnipeg and Dallas in the in the bubble playoff matchups where there's like 10 minutes of the game. You're like, holy shit, we're going to win the Stanley Cup. They had me back in for like in that Anaheim game. I was like, holy shit, this might actually be a good season. This might be fun. Like there was that 10-minute stretch in the first period. Where the control, the- it, it was leading up to the second goal, I think. That. Oh, that one shift. Those <laughs> yeah, the fourth line was unreal, and then it set the stage for the top line to come out and own the puck. But man, they were good for like 10 minutes. I was like, holy crap. And then in the second period, there was like a six minute stretch where it was just like relentless shots, chances, four check. And then the, the third period looked like ass. The old disappearing act, eh? The old uh, let him back in the game, eh? The old take the foot off the gas and lose the game, eh? We haven't seen that before a million times. So um, then you go to tonight's game. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll break down each game a little more. But Detroit, for the for the first five minutes of the game, Detroit's all over you. I think you're outshot. What six to one or something? Then you kind of get your footing. You probably take the the bulk of the, the period, the second half of the first period. You get two shots. You go up two nothing. Now you get two, three, three shots in the second period. Three. The fuck? Yeah, they then, totally, they totally dipped in the second. And like, yeah, how many times have we seen that? Get a lead and then like totally take your foot off the gas. So I don't know. I mean, we won't try and be too optimistic. We won't try to be too pessimistic. We'll try and give you a fair analysis. But if you're looking at what we've seen for three games, you still take into consideration everything, right? It's still early on in the season. Pitlick's getting his first reps. Monaghan, don't know how long it's going to take him to get up to speed or if he ever will again. Uh, but 
you're seeing some patterns we've seen them play out in the last three years that have been a huge detriment to their success. <laughs> and you're seeing it in games two and three of the season. So if those aren't red flags, I don't know what are, but they just, I mean, to move forward, Daryl Sutter has to iron these out somehow. You can't be taking 20 minutes off in a fucking game. You can't play 30 minute games. Can't play 40 minute games. Maybe you can pay play 50 minute games. If your special teams is good, which it isn't, which it fucking isn't, but how does Daryl fix this solution? I do believe he knows how to do it, but how does he do it? Well, the biggest problem is, and I think you saw a little, a little bit better job of it done tonight compared to the Anaheim game where they actually blew the lead and lose the game. Um, they played a pretty sound, tight, low event affair in period three. Like, I think the Red Wings had like one scoring chance in the third period. Calgary had zero. It was like zero high danger chances to one. It was super low event. So I think the plan is to what we've been used to watching Sutter hockey is shut that shit down. Hardcore. Yeah. I mean, you posted the metrics here after the Detroit game. We'll get into the Anaheim metrics in a sec, but if you're looking at Detroit tonight, just looking at the, what were the high danger? It was, it was five, 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 five. I mean, what was it in Anaheim? We had 20. Oh, dude. 33 against the Ducks, chances. we had 11, and the Ducks had five. That's high danger. We had 33 scoring chances against the Ducks. I mean, look, you're always looking. You're always looking for positives, but then you, while you're doing that, don't ignore the negatives. I mean, you ain't got to deal with that shit. So you come out, you play a pretty good game against Edmonton. We talked about in the last podcast. You take the lion's share of all the you know the five on five stats. Same can be said against Anaheim. 59 shot attempts to Anaheim's 38. 33 scoring chances to Anaheim's 11. 11 high danger to their five. Expected goal share was 67.8. 68% to their 32. You fucking dominated Anaheim five on five. You lose the game. And in a vacuum, that's right. Like, that's a positive. Like, that's a... Oh, yeah. You know what? You play that game 90 times, you probably win it out of 100. Except that's been a hallmark of this team in the past, specifically in like the 2017, 2018 year, right? Like, oh, the Flames dominated again, but they couldn't win. What the shit? Yeah. We've seen this before. So that's why it's a a little alarming, right? It's like, sure, they played better. They played okay. They still can't score. On the one side of the fence, like you said, if you're looking at it in a vacuum, you dominated. Anytime you dominate five on five and you lose by one goal, you're going to take it. You still get a point out of that game. John Gibson played great. He, he saved uh, 40, 42 saves. Yep. He played great. So, yeah, in a vacuum, you're okay with it. But if you look at and we, how many times have we seen this story play out? Oh, we got goalie to game. We got goalie to again. The power play was over three. The power play. What does that thing? What does it even do? Dude, I don't even know. Like, what is this? This is worse than Jeff Ward's power play. This is awful. Does nobody on that bench know how to run a power play? Does Daryl have to do everything? Who's running it? Is it still uh, 
Well, still Kirk Muller, apparently. And we were warned about this. I remember because when Muller was hired, a lot of the Montreal fans were like, holy fuck, you guys get ready for the Muller play. It's atrocious. Well, my, I don't, haven't seen any change from the last two, three seasons. I was watching, I was flipping back and forth between the, the Canucks Blackhawks game and the flames game. And like, just as I flipped to the Blackhawks Canucks game, Patrick Kane just like feeds Alex to, Alex to bring it a wicked cross ice feed that he one times top corner on his off wing. Um, then I flip back to the flames game and it's like, there's Matthew Chuck going between his legs again. And then there's like Sean Monahan, like hovering by the blue line and Johnny Gaudreau winding up for slappers. Nothing's happening. What a waste of time. Yeah. If this, uh, if they don't figure that part, out, I think it could cost you the season. Well, it's cost you two games so far, special teams, right? Yep. What's the di- what's the difference in the Ducks game, really? You own them five on five, but the Ducks got a power play goal and you didn't. Yeah. What's mean, the difference in the Oilers game? They scored two power play goals. You didn't score any, or you scored one, I guess, but they scored two. You scored one. Again, yeah, the pre- dominated them five on five. The pregame uh, analysis on Snet. Tonight was, I think it was Justin Bourne. Leslie called him Jason Bourne by accident. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's saying in the, in the first two games, Calgary's penalty kill hasn't been good enough. And, I mean, sure, sure. But what's your fucking penalty, uh, power play? What do we owe? We're one for seven? I think we have one power play goal. It's Lindholm on the, against Edmonton. So we're one. we had one tonight? Did we, we have did. one tonight? No, one power play. Oh, we had two power plays tonight. So we must be one for eight. I think That's it's a terrible, for, terrible percentage. Like one for twelve or something. And, and I think worse than that is like you're. It's not a, like you're not even seeing any chances. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Like you don't see shit. You don't see anything. There's nothing that seems to have changed from the formation. And like you were saying, it's like what? What is? What is Monahan? Why does he bring? Not even just because like it's Sean Monahan and he's struggling, but like, what are they doing with him? He may as well not even be on the ice. It's not even a five on four, really. It's four on four because you yeah. have one guy stationary doing nothing. I was going to say the th- same thing. I'm not throwing Monahan into the bus here. This is a coaching issue. What does he do? What is he doing? He just floats around the high slot. That's his role in the power play. When does he get utilized? I'm curious. Like, has he even been set up for a shot? Like, you've got your best shooter, which he still is, like, d- completely neutered on the power play. There was a few good plays in the Ducks game where Chucky had it on the on the boards. And he, it was that one power play where he kept it in, like, three times on the boards. And he was dishing it to, to Johnny Cross Ice so fast. I was like, that's how that's the key. To, that's how you're going to generate chances. We haven't seen that since, but I don't know, man. To me, the power play is the most concerning thing across the board because I think everything else is trending in the right direction, even if it's not great yet. But the power play is just uh, atrocious. And then why is Coleman not getting power play time? Like Lucic is getting power play two time over Blake Coleman. What the shit is that about? 
have no fucking idea, man. That's why I'm like, there's literally has been zero changes to the bar play. So I'm not, if Mueller is doing it, he's, what, he didn't make any adjustments. Because what, what has changed? Like maybe some entry shit. But I mean, that was never the problem on the power play. You got Johnny Gaudreau. Your entries are always a breeze. Um, everybody's in the same spot. The setup's the same. I almost broke my goddamn TV when Mac Chuck tried to go through his legs again. <laughs> it looked like on the second power play tonight against Detroit that there were some adjustments because Gabranson was out there. Oh. But, it, but it might have just been a, a weird shift. In total, because the whole PP unit was all mishmashed. Like Balkan was on PP one with Cabranson. So I don't know if that's Daryl's way of just being like, hey, like whatever you guys are fucking doing isn't working. He just makes a call to changes up the the unit. But at this point, I'll take Cabranson. His shot, if if they're going to be using a, <laughs> seriously, I guess if they're using a demon, like who'd you rather have shooting it, Cabranson or Rasmus Anderson? Cabranson's actually looked fucking great tonight, dude. He looked Again. like Mark Giordano out there tonight. <laughs> it was unbelievable. So he, dude, uh, he looked brutal in the preseason, but man, he is he's been good the last two games. I'm very curious to see if he can keep this up. I very much doubt it, but I mean, it's it's been nice to watch for two or three games, like. On the on the uh the second goal on the Dubé goal, I mean hell of a play by or not not Dubé Munchbody. Dubé makes a great rush there, but Cabranson's like right in on the rush. Yeah, looking good. And that there was one play where he stepped in. He tried to dish it off last minute. I think it was to Munch, but man, he had a lane just to fucking rip it far side. But man, he's he's been our best defenseman. Maybe not in the defensive end. <laughs> yeah. Offensively, Dude, he's been our best defenseman. <laughs> oh man so yeah we're, we gotta this is interesting we'll see how this progresses but and i mean the good. other thing is too that i don't understand about the power play is like okay if they're gonna be so focused on the like shooting for rebounds and shooting for tips i mean why are you letting gaudreau shoot it why are like i don't get it like in it's just the shot placement is weird the whole thing is weird like I don't know who came up with it. I don't know how it's supposed to, if it's supposed to work. I don't know how it's supposed to work. Have we seen it work in the last five years? Like you said, have I seen, have you seen one chance generated from that power play setup? The only power play we goal we scored was because of some blown coverage and a broken play um, against the Edmonton Oilers. I haven't seen this power play produce like a, hardly any chances. It's very they, odd. They don't look dangerous one bit. They don't look dangerous. It's a, I would rather be, they should, they should void the power play. We're better five on five. Honestly, we're more dangerous in the offensive zone, five on five. So it's they got to figure this shit out. Maybe they'll uh, make a new rule. You just, if, if the other team gets a penalty. Yeah. Pass. Inst- instead of getting the power play, you just get the face off in the offensive zone. Pass. Play five, play five yeah, totally. Anyway. brutal. I don't know what's I don't know what's going on with it. I don't know why nobody asks. Hey, why? What's Sean Monahan's uh, role on the power play, or what's your rationale between behind putting Lucic on the power play over Blake Coleman? Like, didn't we bring Blake Coleman in to play top six minutes, and he's like not playing top six minutes? Maybe Daryl's just trying to ease him in. I don't, I don't know. I guess, but I sure but, would like to see the guy on the power play. And like, oh. 
I mean, Lucic was demoted to the fourth line tonight in the third period. But like, fuck, when are we going to see less Lucic? On yeah, the power play especially, like, bad. come on. He's been bad. He's been really bad. He's been like, I failed to see any redeeming qualities to his game at this point. I guess he fought, so, but, man, not bringing you much. He fought, and apparently that's when the game turned around. <laughs> Which they said the same thing when he fought the Ducks guy, and then the Ducks turned their game over. The Ducks won. Oh, boy. Okay, um, let's wrap things up on the Ducks game so we can focus on – I want to touch on Zadorov, and then we can we can chat a bit more about Detroit tonight. But um, your game scorers, your top players in the Ducks game, Johnny Gaudreau, Rasmus Anderson, Erica Branson. Uso and Blake Coleman. Anything else from the Ducks game that you want to touch on before? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, what else there to talk about? Yeah, I don't know. There was just that. In, there was that. There was the sequence of events. It was like ten minutes in the first period where it was like that's Daryl Sutter hockey. It was just like the the Flames had the puck. They were forechecking like mad. They were creating all kinds of chances. The the Lewis line came out and had a dominant shift and it set the stage for that uh that um the top line goal that was sexy yeah it was just like that's how i wanted to be playing way more often rather than like play like that and then disappear for two two periods but that period had me really really jacked up but i, I don't know why these guys can't seem to play with a lead it's really weird you know yeah even tonight against detroit they're lucky uh, Markstrom held them in them and the, held them in it in the second period. But. They're lucky Markstrom's really good in the second and the Detroit is Detroit. Um, and like I said, they closed it down in the third. But man, oh man, how do you let the Anaheim Ducks back into a game that you you dominated so soundly? Okay, so who scored the goals in this game? It was Coleman gets his first of the season, first game as a as a Calgary Flame breakaway pass from Johnny. Nice to see the guy take the puck to the net, eh? Dude. And then you saw it, what, five minutes later with Backlund? Yeah. Two on one. He just waits, 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 passes it into the skates. But, yeah, like the the initiative from that, like he had one step and he's like, fuck it, I'm going. If that was Backlund or how many other people on the team that would have tried to drop pass back to Johnny would have missed. What a blue uh, opportunity, but fuck, that was a great goal. Yeah, that was sweet. That's man, he's speedy, dude. Fowler ties it up with a power play goal. Lindholm puts us up again. That was another nice goal, dude. That was sweet. And Johnny has been finding Lindholm. He finds him. Man, again oh tonight. man. Poor Monahan just like sitting on the bench. Like, that used to be me out there. Yeah. <laughs> used to be me. <laughs> fuck. Used to be me. So Sutter after the game, right? The media is asking, well, you guys do well five on five. And he just like, we got one point, doesn't fucking matter. Um, the 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 one thing throughout this kind of really questionable start we find ourselves in, one, one, and one. The underlying sense of confidence I get is still from Daryl Sutter. Yeah, 100%. He's just fucking dialed in. 
if we're one, one and one, and have played the exact same three games under Ward or Gullitson or Peters, I'm like freaking out right now. Well, and we you saw it last season. Yeah. The, the reporter, I don't know who it was. He comes in with all the, the metrics telling him, okay, you guys have been dominating five on five. Center <laughs> says, who gives a shit? Whereas Ward would have been jerking himself off. Season's totally turned around, man. Trust the process, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Just got to keep perspective, man. So the big change between the Anaheim game and the, the Red Wings game is Nikita Zadorov. A bit of a tire fire so far in the first two games of the season. Ooh, you could say that again. Is healthy scratched. There's two ways to look at this. You say, thank God, he's been dog shit. And now Shillington rightfully is going to get another opportunity, which he looked good again tonight. And then on the other hand, you say, okay, we got four mil. A cool four mil wasted <laughs> away in the press box. So how do you how do you slice this down to make sense of do we like it? Do we not like it? Where are we out that maybe he's he's got to find a role in the third pairing until he figures his shit out. Well, I like it from the fact that Daryl's and I don't know if it was absolutely like, cause there was some rumors that he was maybe a little banged up perhaps cause he didn't skate at practice the other day, but it appears to be performance related. Um, if it is 100% performance related, I love that shit because you don't have Daryl Sutter playing weird amateur ass mind games where it's like, Oh, we're going to ride it out for 10 more fucking games and see how this goes. It's like, no, you sucked. You're out. Um, and deservedly. So, and I mean, at this point, I, that's why that's, what's great about Daryl. He doesn't give a fuck about Brad. living's prized off season acquisition who makes three, seven, five. Yep. So that's how I look at it as a more hells. Yeah. Power to Daryl and good one, Brad. What do you spend your money, Brad? That 3.75 definitely couldn't have gone to somebody to score some goals, eh? Nope. I mean, post-Ducks game, I was upset. Just because I didn't mind the Edmonton loss because it's Edmonton, but the Ducks, you should have won that fucking game. There's no, there's really no excuse. There was no excuse. It doesn't matter if you played so good, and you did, you can't lose that. No, you can't again. Those are the games all season that we always lose when it's like, How did we miss the playoffs by six points? It's because you lost those dumb games to the teams like Anaheim. And there's nothing more that pleases me to hear Daryl Sutter after the Ducks game in the same sentiment. We're putting it in. Have a listen. The first game, not the result. Uh, are you liking what you're seeing from your group in terms of? This is play five on five in terms of. We only got one point tonight, so X and O's, all that may be all right, but individuals, uh, I got to question some of that. So you've, I don't know about you, but I just thank you. Put That's like, what you want to hear. Inject that into my veins because I'm so fucking sick of these losses, and then to hear the head coach clearly upset about it as well. And literally saying there's some individuals shit going on here that is not going to be tolerated, right? Finally, you have a coach. A knows what he's doing. B has the balls to fucking do something about it. 
Is and that it was. Why, is, that, is that why Zadarov's in, in the press box? I hope so. And I think so. And it was also the correct move because Oliver Shillington was very good tonight and helped the team win. Dude, if you're looking at any sort of offensive ability to score from the back end, <laughs> it's not coming from him. There's that one. Look at that toe drag. Dude. I know. The guys, dude, the guy's played what? Eight NHL games in the last two years. <laughs> and he's just fucking toe dragging guys. The dude is a, is a, is a, like a, a pond in a friggin' desert back there. That's how I'm skating with the puck. So I'm enjoying the Man. rush. I was like, holy shit. Dude, he's not just joining the rush. He is the rush. Exactly. He's the only rush. <laughs> I will be um, disappointed if Saturday night against, uh, you say we play Washington next? Yeah. If Shillington is not in the lineup. Yeah, I, I he played very well. He totally earned another game. Like, but I'm preparing myself for Yeah, me too. I know Washington's a big team, and I know Daryl likes to uh, he likes to do his little matchup games and, and dress big guys. But, I mean, Shillington played a lot tonight. 5v5, he played like 16.55. I think that was like second to Rasmus, oh. second to uh, Anderson and Hannafin played more, and then he was third, I believe. Well, he was paired with Tana, right? Yeah, he played a lot. Okay. So mid-game, I said it's going to be curious to see what the – what the analytics breakdown for the D pairings look like. Walk us through that tonight. Well, Tanev and Shillington were fine. Posi- were, they were okay. The whole team was okay possession-wise, but it was a pretty low event. I mean, it was a pretty low event game all around. Um, so shot share, Tanev and Shillington were fine. In terms of expected goal share, they did get a little bit over uh, eaten up on, like in the 30%-ish range, but that's pretty much everybody across the board on the back end. So wasn't a great night on the old back end for everybody in terms of giving up quality scoring chances. Um, but they were fine. Like, I mean, I think in terms of high danger, it was 50%. Shillington and Tanev were on the ice for two and were on the ice for two, four. So eh, it was okay. Not too bad. That second period kind of created everybody because they were just totally asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got uh, pretty much caved in from that second period alone. If you're looking at the individual um, expected goal percentages, Coleman leads the team tonight. Well, yeah, I know we were bit. I'm, I'm still kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little weirded out with the usage of Coleman thus far. Um, but I mean, that line w- did what it was supposed to do, which was own the ice at five on five, right? Coleman, Backlund, yeah. Pitlick. I just didn't see a lot of chance generation from those Yeah, guys. exactly. Like, they were just kind of chilling a lot. Um, so, I don't know. And again, Blake Coleman, I want to see this guy play. He's like one of the best players on the team. I want to see him higher up the lineup. So, on the fucking power play, man. Yeah, like, seriously. <laughs> seriously. Like, he's got a wicked shot, right? Like, come on. Two other things to look at. I mean, this deserved to win a meter. I love this stat. You should post this up after the game. Both the Anaheim and, and Edmonton games, we deserve to win based on this is expected goals for mostly shot share. Yeah, it's mostly just quality shot generation. The Flames did not expect to win tonight's bout, according to shot generation. Uh, it says Detroit wins that game 63% of the time. Listen, I'm not going to say Markstrom wins you that game, but he keeps you in that game because 
there's that one unbelievable save he makes in the second period. Yeah. Where he's it's he's down and out and then he dives across the creech, saves the puck. That keeps you it keeps your two-goal lead alive. And we know what happens to this team. If Detroit gets that one, they feed off it a bit. They still have half a game to tie it up. I mean, maybe for all intents and purposes, it's safe to say Markstrom does win you the game. He saves you the win, let's say. It's kind of like a uh, pitcher coming in late in the game. Like, Markstrom saves the game for you. Yeah. Right? He he kept your your two-goal lead going into the, the third period. Uh, you finally found your game a bit to some extent. He was uh, well-deserving of the shutout. And it's interesting to pull up the comparison. If I think about last season, for the first 10, 12, even 15 games, I was so overwhelmingly impressed by Jacob Markstrom and how he played. I was in shock. I literally did not think he was that good. I remember tweeting and I think I was asking Vancouver fans. I don't know what it was. I was just like, who knew this guy was actually this good? And there was a lot of response there, but I'm, I saw some shades of that tonight. So this could be a good sign. I don't know. He still has to build on it. He had a lot of up and downs last season. You have some tough opponents coming up. If you're the Flames, you can't hang him out to dry. I don't think you're going to see under Sutter – this team hang your goaltender out to drive for entire games anymore. I just don't think, that, I don't think that's going to be acceptable, but you can't hang Markstrom out to dry. You can't let him get way overworked. I think he might continue to play well here for a good stretch. If he can build off a couple more games and um, this team's got to figure out how to, you know, score some more goals, get the power play going because if he gets hot, if Markstrom gets hot, you want to make hay. Well, yeah. And, he did what he was supposed to do, I thought, because I was kind of annoyed in the Edmonton, Edmonton game and the uh, in the Anaheim game where it's like, okay, it'd be nice if he could just, you know, outplay John Gibson or outplay Mike Smith, you know, because that Pugliarvi goal, sure, that's a big-time fuck-up by Zadorov, but that's when you, your $6 million. Um, Kipper would have saved it, right? Kipper would have saved it, you know. And everyone like, of course, he, he's not going to stop all of them. But I mean, that's why you're paying him to stop, make big saves. And in the first two games, he didn't make enough big saves. And he was outplayed by Smith and Gibson. But he was very good tonight. That's what you need to see from him. Just solid net mining. But I think you did put it best. It was like, if that's the Oilers tonight, getting those chances, we probably lose. Yeah. Right? Yep. If you if you sit back and don't play more than two minutes in the second period, you're probably losing that game to the Oilers. The Oilers last time I checked were up three nothing on the on the Coyotes in the second period tonight. So yeah, and then power play, power play, man. I'm telling you, yeah. If, if you don't figure it out, I don't think we're making the playoffs. Well, it's going to be the difference maker. Again, for a team that has trouble scoring, period, scoring goals, like how many goals have we scored? Two a game, pretty much? Yep. You cannot go over on your power play every single night. And I mean, Daryl's talked about this before. Like, this was one of his biggest things I remember when he was hired the first time. 
And he was talking about like what makes a successful team. And one of the things he always said it was you have to be top 10 special teams team in both categories. And it's totally true, especially in today's league. Like you look at the Oilers right now, right? Like they've won three games. Have they played three really good games? Not really, but they just score at will on the power play. It's unbelievable. And that's, that's kind of where the league, that's where the league is going. The league is definitely tilting more towards, um, you know, more penalties called. Your power play is much more important. And if it's just going to suck and you can't score five on five, like you're not going to do anything. So they really need to get it figured out. Remember when the Hawks won all their Stanley Cups, how deadly their power play was? Well, again, I was watching that Hawks power play tonight and like Kane just whips a laser over to Debrinket and is in the back of the net. Lickety split. It was unreal. Well, hey, was he on his one-time side? They were both on their off wings, surprisingly. Wow. What a concept. Why would, why would you try that, though? It's only worked for 30 years. So, I mean, the Flames need to get scoring goals. And, I mean, what have they got? They're definitely in the bottom. They're 22nd in goals, four per games played through three games. So, got to score. End of story. Got to score, score more goals. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win 100 bucks in free bets if either team scores a point. If you are in Canada or Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed as they have great daily fantasy sports options. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win 100 bucks in free bets if either team scores a point. Promo code is THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. you got to be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. There's a minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The other interesting share of analytics I'm looking at here, Gabranson once again. Woo-hoo-hoo. Top three on the Flames in game score. <laughs> Matthew Kachuk, number one. Eric Gabranson, number two. He's been Mark top three in every single game, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he has. Yep. That's hilarious. He, he was been, he was number one against the Oilers. He has been, dude. He's excellent. been he's been fine. He's been totally fine. I I don't like getting into this shit where it's like everyone's like, "See, you're wrong." It's like, okay, he's been fine, but the Flames are still have one win on the season, so let's all cool our jets a little bit. Yeah, hundred percent. But he's yeah, been we'll- fine, and Zadorov should take a a, a note. Let's look at um, the upcoming schedule here. You're on a one of five game road trip, right? So you have Washington Saturday. You get the Rangers on Monday, the Devils on Tuesday, and then Pittsburgh on Thursday. So you do have a back to back there. Probably two of the weaker teams, I guess, if you have to look at it that way. You have time to prep for Washington and Pittsburgh. But uh, hopefully they're they're gelling here. Um, what do you like? What is your overall take after three games? 
are you right where you thought you'd be? Or are you leaning more on the fence of feeling confident? Are you less, are you probably more on the fence of lacking confidence? Where are you honestly, and how do you see this thing playing out for us the road trip before they make it back home? Well, I think, I think we're exactly where I thought we'd be. A strong five-on-five team who has trouble scoring. That's what we've seen through three games. I really didn't expect the power play to be so ineffective. I thought there was to be some changes for sure, and I'm blown away that there hasn't been. Like they've been running this shit ever since, like for three years now. Like right, like it's the same old shit. I don't get it. And I mean, at least if you had Geo back there, he's blasting everything, and something goes in once in a while. I'm really curious to see if there's any adjustments because it, the last power play we saw was it was back on the, on the top, you know, with Branson, but it was still a weird thing. He might go back to it. We'll see. The other thing that, um, man, Sean Monahan, he I mean he's demoted down to the fourth line for this game. Did not look good again tonight. No, he certainly didn't. I still think you give him a bit more runway here to to get his game back because you got to consider all the circumstances. You know, another offseason surgery didn't get a lot of playing time for training camp, but holy man, yeah, that's a big concern. Well, I'm sure everybody's read. Um, he was interviewing with France. Had an interview with Francis and. He was talking about his hip injury last year. Yeah, man. Did you did you share that? Yeah, you were sharing that. I think so. Um, but he's like he, he said if I, I I would bend down and my hip hip would lock and it would stay locked. And like Johnny Gros talking about how he can't he couldn't walk. He'd be like limping to hotels. He could barely walk to the rink. Um, and he's still playing for some reason all last year. Yeah, so this here, I'm going to read this. This is a Kent Wilson tweeted this out. I'm not sure where he grabbed it. Was it Elliot's? No, I think it was Francis's article. This is Francis. Eric's doing some investigative journalism for once. Monaghan says, if I bent down, my hip would lock and it would stay locked. It would take a few seconds to unlock. When you're taking face-offs throughout games and you bend down and it's stuck, it sucks, uh, you know. It sucks. It, it would take a few seconds to unlock. I mean, if you're taking a face-off throughout the games and you're bent down, I mean, it's stuck. It sucks. It sucks for sure. I mean, for sure it does. Johnny, yeah, like you said, Johnny even pipes in. I remember it was like yesterday playing Vancouver. Me and Lindy and Monty always get off the ice. We walk back to the hotel for a pregame meal and naps. It was a quarter mile and Monty was limping the whole way. It's shocking to me. This guy can barely walk from the rink to the hotel and he's getting up to play games. He's been like that his whole career where he's had to play through injuries. Shows the type of guy he is, yada, yada, yada. But like, and you're getting comments on here from, from, from Twitter fans. Just like, I know we talked about this. If you're, if you're managing this team and you have a centerman, who can't bend down to take a face off without his hip locking. Why is he playing a full season? Is my question. Why isn't anybody pull pull him out? Say, look, we're gonna wait to, to do a surge in the offseason, but let's at least get you some physio or do something. He's got to play through the whole fucking thing. Can't even fucking walk. 
You can't walk to the rink. He can't, and like Johnny said, it's like a quarter mile walk and he cannot get there. What the shit is this? Like, can you imagine if this was, if the, you'd have, if the team was just like, man, whatever. If, if he had a concussion or something, play through it. And I get that it's like, I, I'm sure a lot of it's coming from Sean Monaghan going like, yeah, I'll play. But I mean, is this a professional sports organization or fucking peewee? What is this shit? My biggest question is why, A, why do you want him playing through that? Does he actually make you better if he can't score? No. Did you watch him last year? Look at all of his numbers underlying. He gets caved in. Can't win a fucking face off. Now we know why. Why was he playing through all that time? Would he have bounced back sooner if he got the rest and treatment he needed? Is this not another poor management debacle? Especially when you're nowhere near the playoffs last season. The season's a lost season. Like it just it boggles my mind. They put this guy through this and didn't shut him down. Like, what are you doing? Just like uh, Tana's playing through broken ribs for the past last two yeah. years. <laughs> Your 32 year old, uh, barely held together with scotch tape defenseman is like busted up, and you're still like, yeah, he's going to play. Give me a break. While Shillington's playing eight games a year. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I do not know what to think about Monahan at this moment. Because what reference point are you using at this point? Yeah, like it's you so pretty much full, have yeah. to remove all of last season. You have to remove right? two and a half years almost. The guy bends down to take a face off and his hip locks. And he can't move. He can't move. So, and he got injured in game six last season. So I think you pretty much write off the entire season. He was asked for pretty much the whole season. I think you got to write it off, but then you're like, okay, hey, well, what am I looking for now? I don't know. The shades of old. That's what we all like to see. I mean, you got to take everything into consideration. Can he still get there? I don't know fucking clue. I mean, he's definitely not even fucking close right now. <laughs> Dude, he's not even in this stratosphere. Like, have you seen any signs that he's getting back to that? Again, we've said, like, it's been three games. Let's all take a chill pill here. But, I mean, through three games of Sean Monaghan, you're like, yeah, it looks like he's well on his way to being old Sean Monaghan. It's like, no. No, he looks, he looks, he looks more like new Sean Monaghan. Yeah, he looks like, uh, he's like, man, oh, man. He's like $6 million man here. It's... It's pretty messed up. I mean, you saw him playing with Lucic and Lewis tonight, and he didn't look out of place, and I don't mean that as a compliment. Actually, he, looked, he looked like he belonged on a line with Lucic and Lewis. I really haven't mind Lewis, actually. No, he's been fine. He gets it done. What What do you expect? But, I mean, okay, what do you think of the Lions overall? They were so weird. Right, I don't know what Sutter's doing. I'm sure he has a method to it. We'll see it play out. Let's string some wins together, hopefully. But you had the lines that we all kind of thought were going to happen before training camp starts with what we saw how the last season ended with Lindholm, Johnny, and Chucky. So we just figure, okay, well, it's going to be Manji, Apani, and Coleman. Who's it going to be centering them, Backlund or 
Monahan, but then training camp rolls around and that's not the way things are going. You got Monty and Johnny back together with Monge, Coleman on the top line. And then when the regular season starts, it's none of those things. So I'm not sure where this is all going. It seems like if you want to look into what we saw last season, maybe that's what we're going to see, which is you got to have a plug on every line. (laughs) Outside of that top line, there needs to be a plug on each one of those lines. (laughs) Got to get your plug quote in. (laughs) Got to get your plug quote quota. Well, I think the thing that's been most intriguing for me is Dubé's center. Um, Because I know Daryl specifically likes having centermen who can skate. Um, He likes having speed up the middle, guys who can be – you know, check in all three zones and catch up and back check hard and push the push the pace down the middle. Dubé of the ice. had a good game tonight. I will say that. Yeah, and I did like a lot of a, a lot of what Dubé um, did at center ice, and I've always kind of liked that because I found him to be kind of one dimensional when he's on the wing, especially when he plays on his off wing, which he has a lot over the past few years. He did like he he doesn't really have a lot. He doesn't get to use, I think, his 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 skill set to the full extent when he's playing on the wing. Cause he you is really, what? I think you're onto something here, man. He is really fast. He is really aggressive on the four check. So I've, I've always been curious. And I mean, that's where he played in junior and I know guys change positions all the time, but I am, well, that's the thing I am most intrigued about. You know what? I think you're onto something because if you look at uh, a guy like Braden point play center, doesn't he? Yeah. If you look at guy like, Dylan Dubé, if you want to look at it, where is this guy's ceiling? He reminds me of Braden Point quite a bit, to be honest. They got a great shot, great speed. They know how to get to the dirty areas. They're not afraid to get to the dirty areas. They And they do have a little bite to their game. They're very similar, in my opinion. But if you look at Dubé, like you just said, when he's playing on the wing, it, the game it's slow. The game slows down for him, right? Because if you're breaking out your centerman, likely you're funneling to the puck to the center of the ice on the breakout. If you're the winger and you're breaking out, you're typically the guy that's going to slow down to make the pass to the centerman or far side of the ice so that they can get their speed going. I think you might be onto something where we might be able to see more utilization of Dubé's speed playing in the center position as opposed to the wing. Where that this, leaves poor Sean remains to be seen. This will be an interesting progression. I know Daryl, he did say, uh, I think it was after the Ducks game, something, or when they asked him about Dubé, he said, well, you got to have five centers. <laughs> you got to have five. <laughs> and eight, and eight D. Can't dress them all, but you got to have five. But um, I don't know. I kind of like where this is going and it's not something I would have thought of either. So, but uh, once again, Backlund kind of stunk for me tonight. It's kind of like the whole scene from office space. Uh, is it, is it Michael Bolton? <laughs> what exactly would you say you do Michael? That's totally Backlund. And typically this is how Backlund operates. He stinks for five to eight games. And then he's like really good for three. Well, and the thing is that always bugs me about Backlund is like, and I shouldn't say always, cause he's getting older, but I mean, back when he was good, it was like, he was such, I don't want to say X factor, but he was such a, uh, 
he was an X factor for the flames on a lot of nights. Cause they just had this guy who could play in all three zones. Like I just always remember those games when we were really good in 2018, when he was shutting down Nathan McKinnon, like every single night in the regular season. Yeah. Connor like, McDavid. Like that's what Backlund used to be. And he hasn't been that in a while. So yeah, he's got to find his bite again. Eh? He's got to find. Yeah. He's, he's exactly like, I still think I don't notice him enough. Right. Like, yeah. He doesn't, I just like, I, he played okay today. His numbers were fine, but I didn't see, I saw him like once on the penalty kill, make a good play. I think he can still play. I do think he's been a victim of you know, the, the shitty management over the past two, three years. Oh, totally. I mean, especially if, look, if, if Sean Monahan's injured in game six, and when he goes and bends down, his, his hip locks up. If you're going to play him, can you fucking reduce his minutes? Can you reduce the, the defensive zone starts? Can you no, put, him, put on, him on the penalty kill? Meanwhile, you got Backlund wasting away with Lucic all season long. I don't know. Uh, fuck. <laughs> There's just so many things. I mean, I don't know. I'm... Where do you think this? I'm curious where you think this Dubé thing is going to go. Is he is Sutter trying to mold him into two C? I don't know. I think who Darryl, is two C? And I Sutter's think Daryl's trying to win the next game. Is what Daryl's trying to do. Um, I think it's Bagland. I think he wanted it to be Monahan. Um, I am curious to see if Monahan. I, I think the lines will be pretty similar for the next game because um, I don't know why they don't flip Richie and <laughs> get Richie off Dubé's line though. But um, I don't know. It's the problem everybody's been talking about is if Monaghan is, if this is what he is, what do you do with him? It doesn't matter about everybody else because you can slot them in. Um, you can slot everybody else in, right? Like you can, you can make Dubé your 3C. You can make Dubé your 2C even. If you have Lindholm, Dubé, Backlund down the middle, you're probably okay with that. But then it's just like, where does it leave Monahan? Monahan is just this. Uh, I'll tell you what you do with screwing Monahan. this whole thing up. He becomes your PP2 specialist. You design the entire PP2 to you feed Phil him. Kessel him. Exactly. He becomes your PP2 trigger man. Everything funnels through his shot. That's it. And you try and get 15 goals from him from PP2. Right. Like you, I think that's what they've always kind of not always they've tried to make him this defensive center when it's like, he's in reality, he's Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel sucks, but he scores goals. Like that's what they should be doing with Monahan. It's like, Hey, we know you suck. We know you're not good on the ice, but we need you to score us 25 to 30 goals this year. So we're going to play you some easy minutes. You're going to get tons of power play time. And we're going to be okay with the fact that you suck at defense, but you're going to score us goals. Go ahead. You're not, you're not going to play a lot of defense. We're going to, right? Like, look at Phil Kessel's underlying numbers over the past four years. He sucked. He still scored 20 goals in 56 games last year on Arizona. If Monahan was used like that, utilized like that, he couldn't. Dude, Arizona. So. These guys don't ever score. They score like one goal every five games, and he scored 20 goals. What'd you think of the, what'd you think of Pitlick tonight? First game, he's he's kind of speedy, eh? Yeah, I like Pitlick. 
He's I mean, that, he, he, he didn't do much offensively, but I don't think you're asking. Yeah, that's to, he's, he's not there for that, I guess. But I like his speed. I like speed. Okay, I'll take speed any day of the week. I didn't realize how old is this guy. He looks young. He's like 28, 29, maybe. What? Yeah, he looks, he looks younger than that. That's a hockey name too, Tyler Pitlick. I wonder, do, is there a former Oilers guy named Rem Pitlick? That sound. Pitlick. Rem. That doesn't sound familiar, no. no. Pitlick is such a hockey name. I like Pitlick. He's fast. He's physical. He's good on the forecheck. Don't mind him. Don't mind him okay. one bit. All right. Let's touch on these lines. I don't think these are going to stick very long. I do not know what Daryl is doing. I know he's doing something. I know that there's a method to this. I just don't know what it is. I don't care to know. But let's go over the lines. I do trust what Daryl knows what he's doing. Gaudreau Lindholm. Kachuk stays the same. Kachuk had an off night for me, I thought. Coleman, Backlund, and Pitlick. But Coleman didn't seem to get top six minutes. Did you see his time on ice tonight? I think he played like – I think everybody was pretty balanced tonight. I, think. I guess when you're, when you're not playing PP, that doesn't help, eh? Um, yeah, top forward was Johnny. He had 18 22, and Lynn Holm at 17 51, Chuck 17, everybody else under 15 30. So Coleman had 15 27. It's still pretty balanced, though. Yeah, remember when Ward had Lynn Holm playing 24 minutes? Lynn Holm was like 28 minutes. Like, I don't know why Lynn Holm's tired today. Uh, typically, uh, the uh, there's a defenseman has the most uh, minutes in a game, seeing as there's only three pairings. It's like, <laughs> oh. Lindholm. You've played like five games in eight days and everybody's out with the virus and Lindholm's still playing like 38 minutes a night. Um, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I have a, I have a hankering, man. I want to see Kachuk with Coleman. I got a feeling like those two will, that would be a good pairing in my opinion. Why can't Monahan play the wing? Could yeah, you not I don't try- get it. You can't try that. Try it. You can't get, uh, can't try Lindholm centering Gaudreau and Monaghan. I mean, what's the easier way to shelter a bad center in? Put him on the fucking wing. Then I would, I don't know. I still, I just really want to see, like, imagine Backlund, Coleman, and Kachuk. Right, like we we haven't even seen Backlund, Mangiapane, and Coleman, or, or anything like that. Like, come on, give us some three M shit. We're dying for it. What was Mangiapane's minutes tonight? He played 1247, uh, which is not very much. That's not enough. Yeah, he needs to play more. This guy is consistently one of your best play drivers, one of your best forwards, probably one of your best goal scorers. He like, needs more fucking ice. Switch time. him with Pitlick and roll Coleman, Backland, uh, Manjapani. Again, you need goals. Um Manjapani is your one of your highest uh generators of scoring chances. So get him on the ice. And don't saddle him with Richie. There's this. There's that one play where Mangiapane is trying to get away from <laughs> the Detroit guys, and Richie just stands in his way. He's got to get away from Richie too. <laughs> He's got six defenders out there. One of them is his own teammate, his own line mate. I don't know. What do you think of? I know Sutter is just trying everything I, again. Like, what is he doing? I'm not sure what he's looking for here. He's got Monaghan with Lucic and Lewis, Dubé with Mangiapane, Richie. He's trying to spread everything out, right? Is he? He's trying to spread it all over the place. But 
What's he looking for in the Dubé Mangiapane? I don't know. Your All thoughts? speed. Dubé, like I said, Dubé brings speed down the middle. Mangiapane's a good puck retriever, and then I guess he likes Richie to crash and bang. So I felt like Richie missed the start time tonight by about know, 25 by about, minutes. By about 60 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the big news coming into the game was the change in D pairings. Um, we touched on, you know, the numbers. What were your thoughts on on the pairings? What do you think he's going to do? What do you think he should do for the rest of the road trip here? Do you want do you want to keep Hannafin and Anderson? Yeah, I would keep them. Um, I didn't notice an, I didn't notice Anderson Anderson tonight in a good way. Hannafin, he was he was kind of playing around the edge, around that edge, eh? He's making he was, some good plays, yeah, but he was, he was also okay. making some sloppy plays. I think the best, this is the best iteration you've got so far. Val Mackey and Branson have been very good. Uh, Hannafin and Anderson, that's the best you've seen both of them plays together. So, yeah, it's just if you swap out Zadorov, Shillington. I mean, Tanev hasn't been great, but he's also been saddled with, with Zadorov and he's playing the tough minutes. But, um, kind of look good today. I, I, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just like, man, these none of these guys create offense. It's, I it's just, you know, it's all defense, <laughs> and they weren't that good at defending tonight. So, I I don't think you have any other option than than to change because or to keep them the same because tonight was the first night. I think all three pairings were okay, despite that uh, rough second period. They shut it down in the third. So, keep them the same, and if you don't put Zadorov back in Shillington's spot, I guess. All right, last question. Um, it's only been three games. There's been a lot of off time already to start the season. When do you uh, give – when do we see Vladar? Obviously. I already would have started him personally. Like, really? He, he would have got three tonight games? for me. Totally. You have to – because like, you got to start doing it. Because you always think, oh, well, it's only been six games. When you getting, what's seven? Yeah, it's yeah. only been eight. What's nine? You know, and you lose like, another one now. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, well, you can't start win. now. It's just like put it in and do it, no matter if you need the win or not. Like, you got to start soon. So I'm hoping he gets at least two of the next five. Well, you have well, I, I, Markstrom's getting the start for Washington. Let's be honest. Absolutely, Daryl's not going to start Vladar after a after a shutout from Markstrom. So he'll probably get one in New Jersey or New, uh, New York. By the way, that's an 11 o'clock start. Oh, my God. What is with Americans in that? You know what that is? It's my whole day. It's supposed to be nice out on Saturday. I'm going to be sitting in my house watching a hockey game for four hours. Then by the time it's over, it's pitch black outside. And they're probably going to lose. <laughs> yeah. So I think Markstrom gets the start. Then I would go Vladar against the Rangers. Just to give Markstrom that extra night off, he gets he gets two nights off instead of one on the road trip. Then then Markstrom can play the Devils and the Penguins. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, you're right, man. You have I'm to start playing. You have to start playing Lidar. Yeah, like honestly, tonight would have been a perfect spot you, to play him. I think you, or Saturday, but they should have been. I hope they have it planned in. You can't just start waiting for back-to-backs, and that's exactly. it. Exactly. And, like, back-to-backs aren't even that much of a rest for a goalie. If you're looking at maximal rest rates, like, what you should do is is give them – give Ladar games during, like, a normal week, like this week when right. he only played three games because then Markstrom gets, like, four or five days where he doesn't have to play. Well, because I think you 
made the good point. It's not a rest day. It's just they're not playing back-to-back nights. Exactly. Like, he's still traveling. He's still tired as shit. He's just not playing. So you look at the schedule in November. It's it's unbelievable. You're playing every other night, and there's not going to be a lot of off nights. So, I mean, if they overplay Markstrom early, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bite them in the ass again so they can't do it. We've seen it three three seasons in a row. Would this be number four now? It, overplaying your goaltender? Well, wow, we've seen it forever in Calgary. Mike Smith did get injured in his second season when he was really no, that was the f- that was his first season. He got hurt and he was really good. Did he get injured in the second season when he stunk? No, he just sucked. Yeah, he sure did. Eh? Fuck. He gets still won injured. the West, though. Yeah, he gets injured. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. But anyways, any closing thoughts? Um, there's nothing real. I don't know. Maybe the whole season is going to be like this. Nothing really dramatic happens. It no, seems I, this is the season. It's going to be like this. A lot of nights are going to be. It's going to be a lot of, like I said, it's going to be a grind. There's going to be a lot of probably hair pulling, a lot of frustrating nights and a lot of nights like this where you win two, three, nothing. Three, one, two, one. So that's what that's my expectation for most of the year. 